everyone, welcome to Voices in Japan with Ben and Burke. The Tokyo Olympics are now in their second week after getting started under a large cloud of multiple controversies, most notable being Japan going ahead with the games despite a worsening local situation with the COVID 19 pandemic. Nevertheless, there has been a lot of excitement on the ground, albeit somewhat muted, against a backdrop of protests and negative public sentiment. There will be a lot of unique takeaways from Tokyo 2020, and Ben and I share our thoughts on what we've been enjoying about the Olympics thus far, the positives that might come from the Games, and also Ben's overall disappointment in the government's decision not to cancel the Games. Please remember to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts if you have not done so already. We would certainly appreciate that very much, and we hope you enjoy the show. Each, knee, sang. A bunch of the swimming actually. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I've been watching quite a quite a bit of the the games. Yeah. What do you think、uh, so far? um Yeah. I mean, it? Yeah. To be honest, uh it's been uh it's been pretty interesting uh games actually for me. I, th- I, I will say, I think the events that, like I've enjoyed the most are like BMX racing and freestyle, which is like brand oh, new. Oh, dude, I was. That was on today, right? The final. Did you see that? I didn't see the final, but we were watching it yesterday and it was like the first time we'd ever seen it. And it was just、yeah. like so many people crashing and stuff and like so、yeah. intense. It was like both my wife and I were just like amazed by it. Yeah. And, and,、uh, it was the first time I'd watched the,、um, the, the freestyle one where they're just like doing crazy tricks on the street on the BMX. Yeah. Right. And man, they're doing like insane stuff and just making it look so easy. Like, you know, triple backflips and, 720s or 1080s and stuff like that. And yeah, they had the, they had the final one today.、Um, and there was a Japanese kid in it. Unfortunately, he didn't, he didn't medal, but,、um, he was one of the favorites, I think, going in. Uh, I think he was like second favorite, 19 year old,、hmm. but then he, I think he crashed on his first run. Um, and that kind of messed him up for the, for his second run. I think he couldn't get it dialed in. Well, it's kind of like, They've always had these sports of like the X Games, ESPN X Games and stuff in the past. And、uh, I mean, they were exciting, but I didn't really, I mean, I watched them sometimes, but I didn't get into them. But like for some reason in the Olympics, like, yeah, these new events, like the skateboarding too,、uh, some of these like brand new events, surfing even or whatever,、uh, they've actually been the most interesting. I don't know why. Maybe because they're getting quite、yeah. a bit of attention in Japan, actually. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. Of- About the surfing one, I'd have to disagree with you with that one. I, th- I thought that was quite boring. <laughs> really? I mean, it's just, yeah, it's just like trying to catch a wave and see how long they can ride on it for. That's, that's all I kind of saw. They didn't really, because the waves were like kind of small as well. You know, they, they couldn't really do many tricks. Like there was no like barrel runs or,、uh, I, I know like one dude, I think on his last run did, did a one 360 spin and that, but that was the only thing. Interesting, I saw in the whole surfing event. Impressive. Well, I mean, what about the、uh, skateboarding then? The skateboarding was impressive. I mean, it was impressive that a 13 year old won the, the gold medal.、Japanese、yeah, but、one. they're、uh, doing just like the same type of thing as surfing. They're just like going once off,、uh, you know, off a rail and doing a trick. And yeah, but they're, but they're like doing crazy stuff off those rails. 
like the surfers they're not they're just riding waves oh, kind of like spinning around really yeah things. i guess yeah. in a sense yeah i have to agree with you i guess but yeah no i wasn't i wasn't impressed with the surfing well what uh, about uh something else has been quite interesting for me has been like mixed events i don't know if are these like new from these olympics or something where they have like guys and girls like, some of them were team? yeah i know that the swimming was there was a mixed uh i think it was like either 200 or 400 meter medley with uh, two men and two women, and Great Britain broke the Olympic record, but I guess because it's the first time, <laughs> they're going to yeah. break it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing is like if it's the first time, it's like every time there's like a heat, there's a, like a possibility of a new Olympic record and world yeah. record being set. You know, right, right. Every, every heat, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I, I, that stuff has been like really interesting. Also, like the judo mixed uh, like team event was uh, pretty crazy and interesting. I've been watching a lot of judo. Yeah, well, I think you know, especially having the Olympics in Japan, uh, it seems to be the only event they're showing on TV because Japan are very strong at judo anyway. But and and always, you know, when the host city shows the Olympics, they usually just show their athletes, and because Japan is so strong at judo, that's that seems to be what they're winning and that that's how they got most of their medals i mean they're up to like 15 gold medals i think and and they're like second in the table um just behind just behind china i think china on 15 as well 15 gold medals but most of those are from judo and a couple from swimming yeah well Uh, i think the latest uh yeah china has 23 well this is going to be completely different by the time this comes out but china has 23 u.s has 20 and japan has 17 but it'll be completely different in a few days yeah yeah. I mean that's gold medal, yeah, yeah. Was a you know we're talking about those mixed events. Was the badminton a new one as well? Because that Japan won gold for the mixed badminton. No, no, sorry, not mixed badminton. Mixed uh, table tennis. Right. Yeah, that was really that good. Was, uh, yeah, I don't know if that was uh, new or not. Yeah, they beat. Um, was it China? I think they beat in the final. That was quite dramatic. They came from two sets down as well and ended up winning three sets to two. Three well, how, games to two. How about uh, men's soccer? You've been watching the Japan men's soccer? No, not at all. Not, at all. <laughs> not, not, re- not really been interested in the football. Oh, really? And, and only because, um, you know, like compared to regular football, they don't have all the superstars there and they have different rules as in like who can play. So it's like all the players are basically, I think, uh, pros but it's like 23 and under and they're only allowed three uh, pros that are over 23. So some of the, some of the teams will have, you know, like a 30 year old, like Japan has uh, Yoshida who plays for Southampton in England in the premiership. So he's like their captain, but the rest of the players, like no one really knows about because they're, you know, they're not very good. You're not interested in the fact that Japan is doing quite well though. I haven't been following it, but I didn't realize they're doing well. How, how are they doing? Are they, they're doing very well. I mean, they're. Uh, I mean, they've apparently uh, got one of the strongest teams uh, they've ever had. So, and uh, they're doing quite well in their group right now. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's just uh, in the U.S. If you're from the U.S. and you watch the Olympics, it's just kind of like, oh, how many are we going to win this time? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, like, ever since I've watched the Olympics in Japan, and of course, like, just because the only thing that's on TV, just like you said, is like Japan uh, stuff about Japanese athletes. Um, 
yeah, like you just start getting uh, into the individuals a lot more. And even if they don't like achieve what they're supposed to, I mean, Japan, Japan's doing so well this time, actually, that it's uh, just a lot of good stories everywhere. But home advantage, I guess, you know, they don't have mm-hmm. the, the jet lag to deal with. Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of controversy and stuff at the Olympics, the heat. Yeah, oh man, well, even, even Sapporo, man, it's like, I don't think I've experienced a, a summer this hot before. Like, I, I remember hearing a couple of days ago, Sapporo had 11 days straight of 30 plus degrees weather. Well, Asaikawa was, uh, 38 degrees yesterday. It was the hottest place in oh, Japan. My God. And it's kind of, I think it's been like the hottest place in Japan for a few times last week and stuff. But yeah, it's just like the advantage of having a really cool, like Hokkaido summer. Is completely non-existent this year. Yeah, yeah. That aircon we just got installed um, about three weeks ago came. We got it just in time, just before all that all that hot heat kicked off. Yeah, because when when we got it installed, it wasn't that hot yet, so we hadn't been using it. And yeah, a couple of couple of weeks after, then yeah, the the heat wave hit, and it hasn't hasn't gone away at all. Even today, it's not that sunny, but it's really humid. Yeah, and, it's muggy. You know, yeah, 30 degrees. Yeah, that, those air conditioners feel like one of the best investments you ever make when it goes through a situation like this and you're comfortable. Oh, for sure, man. But they've been talking about, like, uh, like in the U.S. media, they're, they're all talking about, man, Japan said it's summer would be, like, safe, and, and now look what's happening. They lied about it. But, you know, in Japan, they're reporting it differently. They're saying, hey, the only reason we're doing it in this month of August is because the U.S., like, it's the only time when none of the major sports leagues are playing so and uh, most of the viewership comes from like the u.s audience so they're basically doing in this period to appease like uh, the u.s demands and stuff so depending on where you are the uh, story has been being reported slightly differently yeah well definitely everything that's been reported in the japanese media about the olympics has all been very positive and when you watch it on tv the you know the commentators uh the presenters and hosts are you know they're always very genki and just saying good things about the the olympics but they're not you know they're not mentioning the big elephant in the room uh <laughs> coronavirus <laughs> right yeah. they've had uh was it i think tokyo had their highest daily case ever since the beginning of the pandemic uh, a couple of days ago i think that was on like july july 20 29th or something like that it was a uh, 3,000, yeah, just under 4,000 daily cases, the highest number ever in Tokyo. Um, and Sapporo, uh, we, we haven't had like high record high numbers, but you know, we recently had that not state of emergency, the quasi state of emergency get extended until what is it, end of August now, right? They, they announced it, I think, on was it on Monday they announced it or, or Friday or something that, uh, because it, it was going to go up until August, was it August 12th? Um, and then they extended it to the end of the month and also asking restaurants and bars to not serve any alcohol at all. And from Monday, um, August 2nd, yeah, all the bars and restaurants are basically going to do that in Sapporo, which is ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, just like you said, they are reporting. I mean, they're reporting about it in the news about the coronavirus situation, but the, during the Olympic, uh, programs, they never, <laughs> it never gets mentioned uh, whatsoever. Yeah. But I mean, obviously there are some mixed feelings going on, uh, with the Olympics being held. I mean, it, 
at some point at the end of last week, what I was hearing was like, uh, back the la- during the last wave when the situation was getting really bad, like basically the percentage of hospital beds filled with serious cases was getting close to the limit. And then like last week they were saying in Tokyo, at least is still like only 50% or something of the beds. But I mean, that could obviously change like any second or something. And that's it. But I mean, that's what my wife was even complaining about. She was like, nobody really needs to know how many cases are coming positive each day. Like people just need to know like how many serious cases are there? Uh, you know, what is the hospital situation? How many people are dying? Yeah, stuff like that. It's easier to kind of, uh, make an informed decision, but you know, they just, uh, I don't know. Anyways, but yeah, Mm. so mixed feelings obviously about the Olympics going on. I mean, how do you feel about it? Uh, well, at first, you know, before the Olympics started, I was very opposed to it as I think about 80% of the Japanese population were. Uh, and I'm still, you know, I I was going to boycott watching the games completely just really just, you were there yeah you were there okay yeah I, and then but then you know it's on like all the time on tv so i'm watching it i'm not like following everything as i normally would you know i'm not following any uh team gb stuff great britain because they never show any of it on tv i mean i could go online but uh yeah i'm just watching you know just watching tv and it's there uh but it's nice to see i guess japan do well so hopefully some positives can be taken from the games. I mean, that's, that's what the government is saying, right? There'll be, uh, that could be a, a, a good thing about the games is seeing, uh, Jap- Japan do well and hopefully it'll be a successful Olympics that maybe gives hope to the, to the Japanese people. But I don't, I don't see how it can be when, you know, they're not even allowed to go to the stadiums and, and watch and, and support. It's just like stand at home and, They've been forced to be put into another state of emergency, so their their lives have just been disrupted. So I don't I don't really see how this can be a positive for uh for Japan the Olympics. Yeah, but nobody is apparently a lot a lot of the people in Tokyo and other areas have pandemic fatigue at this point, and uh, not too many people are apparently heeding the uh, state of emergency uh, uh, situation and rules yeah. and stuff. So good uh, yeah uh i mean i think anybody who watched the opening ceremony i've never really w- really watched one of those before but we kind of sat down and watched it and uh i think anybody who watched it kind of got this feeling of the olympics or the event that could have been because it was just like again all these and watching any of the events as they take place now you just see the empty stadiums and stuff and it's obviously yeah, it's weird isn't it? bizarre yeah mm. um but it's just kind of like wow you know like right now if uh, the pandemic had never happened, Japan would just be going crazy right now with people visiting, uh, huge events taking place. Uh, but instead, yeah, we're in a situation that we're in. I mean, me personally, who doesn't love like a, a huge sports event with like, especially when you have the uh, best athletes in the world participating? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, I mean, it's great that, you know, the, these Olympics will be remembered because they are so unique being, uh, you know, they, they're calling it Tokyo 2020, but obviously it's not, it's 2021. So there'll always be that asterisk next to these Olympics. Um, and there's a lot of other unique things happening, uh, uh in Tokyo that haven't happened before. Um, we were talking about, uh, beds before. So have you, you've been 
following the news about these uh, cardboard beds. cardboard beds. Yeah, well, I remember hearing about them uh, before the Olympics even started, that they were going to, uh, for the sake of re- using recyclable materials, build the beds in the Olympic Village out of cardboard. And this has obviously become a uh, very important topic on TikTok and other social platforms. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, there was a lot of stuff going around social media saying that they they were using cardboard beds as a as a you know to prevent people from from getting down from the athletes from getting jiggy because the cardboard beds are you know prevent them from from doing their business. But then you know a lot of the athletes were starting to post videos on like Twitter and uh, Instagram of like ten athletes jumping on the bed trying to break it, and yeah, and they and they won't budge. So they're they're pretty strong. So that whole anti-sex bed theory uh, has been has been debunked. Uh, something else that people brought up uh, that is unique to this Olympics is, uh, and I just noticed it uh, when I was watching a medal ceremony yesterday, but the athletes are picking up their own medals and putting them around their neck. And uh, to be honest, it looks a little bit like they're uh, being served like hors d'oeuvres at a cocktail party or something by a waiter. <laughs> Who walks out with like a tray of medals and they just kind of pick up their medal and put it on a little bit of what I was reminded of. So this, so this is to prevent the spread of the virus, right? Was it, was that the reason that they were? I think so. Yes. It's part of the measures, I believe. Yeah. So, I mean, definitely important, but uh, it does look a little bit uh, strange because they're picking up their own medals. Yeah. I I quite liked it when they had the, the, the doubles events when the actual athletes were giving them to each other. So in the, the mixed doubles table tennis, when they were getting their medals, so that the guy would give it to his partner and then she would return it. So that was quite nice. Yeah. I saw that uh, with uh, in a situation where like the gold and bronze medal were won by people from the same country. So they uh, gave each other their medals. So I guess that is a very unique experience to have with your uh, countrymen. Mm. What what do you think? Um, you know, we're talking about skateboarding and surfing making their their debuts. What what do you think about the Olympic champion being thirteen years old? It's pretty insane, right? I mean, she's like hit her peak at thirteen, isn't it? Like, what, what's she going to do from now? You know, yeah, time time to retire. Just get paid. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, get they were saying. Deals. Mm. Yeah, they were saying that. Uh, uh, when the Tokyo Olympics, uh, well, when Tokyo was won the Olympics, she had just started skateboarding at that point in her life, and mm. uh, and now she's winning gold medal in the in which event was it? Uh, it was uh, the street skateboarding. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's I just. Think, I mean, I don't it's, know, man. it's just I think she's days. too young. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's just kidsy. Oh, you mean she's too young? Like kids shouldn't be so focused or driven to that at a young age? Or yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. A- I'm not sure if someone that young should be allowed to enter the Olympics. I know, like, there's kind of different rules for for different countries, and most of them are yeah, the youngest you can be is like 13 years old. But yeah, I think at that age, you know, winning a gold medal that that might be a bit too much for her. I mean, she might do a she might do a Macaulay Culkin or something. <laughs> Like, I mean, that could, uh, I guess so, yeah. I mean, all the uh, fame and attention and stuff. Um, yeah. I mean, do, do you remember uh, in the Winter Olympics that, that Japanese snowboarder who she was going to be, uh, she was one of the favorites to win the half pipe 
and I think she was like 16 at the time, but she ended up crashing on her one of her runs and came last, really injured her back, and just basically got so much abuse from social media that she quit being a snowboarder and ended up being a porn star. Yeah, I, I remember that. And didn't, yeah. uh, but she's kind of made a comeback recently yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think all, you know, she kind of hit rock bottom. Um, yeah, I think she became a prostitute too. That was part of the story. But then, yeah, now she's gone back into snowboarding and I think she's training her kids to become pro snowboarders too. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I guess things worked out for her in the end, but yeah, she went through that pretty tough phase. When, uh, yeah, just getting a lot of media attention and, but, but hers was mainly negative. That's the thing. Like at least this 13 year old Olympic champion is going to be all positive news and hopefully she'll be able to have some good people around her to, uh, support her and, and she won't lose her mind. <laughs> so at 13. <laughs> I'm worried, man. I'm worried about her. I mean, what, uh, what, so what age group do you, th- I mean, they were saying like the, average age of the podium in her event so the bronze silver and gold medalist average age was like 14 yeah because the the bronze medalist also japanese she was 16 right and and i'm not sure the silver medalist she might have been a little bit older no she was uh she was like 14 the average age of the three (laughs) was 14 yeah (laughs) um shoot no 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 she was younger than the japanese uh than the japanese a uh, girl that won the gold medal. The silver medalist was younger. Yeah. She was going to be the youngest uh, gold medalist in the summer games ever if she had won, uh, but she didn't win gold. That's crazy. Who, so who is the who takes the record for the youngest ever? Uh, that one. I'll look it up, but I think it was like somebody back in like the 1930 Olympics or something. Uh, okay. Yeah. It said, yeah. I'm just pulled up now, um, about the, the silver medalist was, yeah, also 13. Um, but I think younger by a couple of months or something. And yeah. then, uh, yeah, the bronze medalist was, uh, 16, another Japanese person. Yes. Yeah, pretty insane. I don't know, man. I mean, would you want your daughter, if she was like 13 to, be training for the olympics and going for a gold medal at that age because a lot of things have to suffer right surely she's gonna have to give up her her schooling um probably have to be homeschooled but she won't be able to you know do regular things what young kids do i mean isn't that like what skateboarding is all about <laughs> right, right. Skyving off school. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't remember the skateboarders uh, when I was growing up uh, being under too much pressure to be in the classroom. And, uh, no, that's true. Well, so they're they're just taking it to another level. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're living, you know, the life. I'm okay. Yeah, my own daughter. Uh, I don't know, man. If she's like really good at something and enjoying it. I don't think I'm going to get in the way of it uh, unless. It does look like she's going to maybe go down the porn industry. <laughs> um, if I see any signs of that, uh, yeah, I'll probably put the brakes on. Um, but, you know, yeah, like, you know, can't be too hands-on with what the kids want to do. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I know, like, with um, with that snowboard Olympian now I was talking about, the one that became a prostitute, Her uh, her dad was kind of the the reason why she became so successful because he was pushing her so much Mm. um but 
she didn't she didn't um, enter the Olympics because she wanted to. She did it because her dad made her to, and she was you know not not going to school. She was being homeschooled from like the age of six. Um, she wasn't allowed to like go out with her friends. She um, she wasn't allowed to like wear skirts or do anything girly because it was like you know snowboarding. Got to be all you know like a guy in a skateboarding gear and everything. So she wasn't even happy when she was training for those Olympics. Um, and it it just seems like to be that successful, they kind of need someone like that, like a pushy parent. You know the the Williams sisters. They're they're similar, man. Their their dad was like a you know like a dictator, just like ruling their lives, telling them exactly what they could and couldn't do. And they they hate their dad for that. But then you know because of him, they became so successful. Do all these kids? Is their father's name Burke as well? <laughs> just wondering if there's a Burke common, Williams, yeah. common thread in all of this. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, I'm having enough trouble getting my daughter to uh, eat her breakfast by herself. I don't think I'm going to be very successful pushing her into an Olympic sport at this point. Uh, so I'm not too worried about it. But I right. do feel your concern and think it's a. I mean. I remember when I was, uh, I mean, I even had like Olympic dreams probably at some, uh, very, uh, naive point in my childhood. Um, was that, was that for, um, for the, the horse riding was dance for thing? The ballet. ballet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, it's for, uh, I mean, first for swimming and then maybe for wrestling or something, but I quickly, uh, obviously never had the, uh, ability or dedication to uh, come anything close to an Olympic athlete. But I remember in uh, junior high school, there was a girl who was like very good at figure skating. And, uh, you know, people would kind of like mention Olympics every now and then that never did uh, come to fruition, but she would like uh, be at ice skating practice before like uh, junior high school, you know, from like 4am or something. Um, and then coming to like junior high school for the day and then going out of practice again in the afternoon. I was just like, I mean, you know, that's just, uh, I mean, that's exactly what we're talking about. They're not having like a regular lifestyle and stuff. So, yes, yeah, a hard life being a, an Olympian. Um, and also they, you know, a lot of them, if they're not successful, they don't really make that much money. I mean, for, for winning medals, if they get, get a gold, you can win a lot, depending on what country you're from. Um, in Singapore, if you win a gold medal, you, you can win a, over like $700,000. And which is the most for a gold medal. Um, America, it's actually quite low. It's about 40 grand if you win a gold. Um, and then obviously, uh, there's other countries that are higher than that. But America, I think they rank about in that table of, uh, how much do countries pay out? At least about tenths. Japan are slightly higher, 45 grand for a gold medal, uh, nine grand for a bronze. So yeah, not, not much money. Um, so a lot of these athletes, they kind of, I don't know, they're either very rich anyway, or they have some kind of sponsorship deal before they, uh, before they enter the Olympics. Well, this is uh, something that's actually changing this year in the U S for this time. Uh, and it's kind of always been a hot topic because yeah, uh, Olympic athletes, a lot of them would, uh, after the Olympics finished, if they were a medalist would have to make a decision about would they, uh, turn pro in their sport, for example, if it's just a sport that does like touring around the U.S., like gymnastics or something, but they can, 
uh, start to make a salary from that, but they would not, in that case, be able to compete as a college athlete. So they would have to make a decision between college sports or, uh, you know, professional sports after their Olympic career and getting paid. Um, but the rules all change this year. So the NCAA, the ruling body of, uh, college athletics in the U.S., uh, is now allowing athletes to, uh, get paid off their likeness and everything. So, uh, these athletes now will be able to get sponsorships and they will be able to go to attend uh, university and college and compete uh, on those college teams and bring like a lot of popularity to that college sport, but also to themselves through social media and stuff. So a lot of these uh, people that are having success at this Olympics for the first time will now be able to actually have a pretty lucrative career. Not everybody obviously uh, has such a happy story, but it was Definitely different than uh, the situation up to this point where a lot of Olympic athletes would be like, maybe even in some case, like, why did I even uh, dedicate all my life uh, just for this uh, 40 grand or something for a gold medal, you know? Yeah. And, and I didn't always kind of wonder like those really obscure events, uh, like, I don't know, archery, for example, like how, how, how are those people ever going to make any money? Like no one watches that unless the Olympics are on. So I don't, I, can't even imagine them getting any sponsorship deals either. Yeah, you, you know, know I mean? well, yeah, and that's why something I always kind of thought was uh, really good about uh, Japan and its Olympic athletes, because you end up seeing, like, these Olympic athletes on TV. Uh, you can actually, like, uh, carry some prestige as a Olympic gold medalist in Japan for some time. So, like, even though those uh, Olympic gold medalists in archery might end up on some, like, Japanese variety show, or talk show at some point and, uh, you know, be getting invited there just because they were an Olympic gold medalist and, and they can continue that type of work in some cases for many years after they were in the Olympics. But you never see anything like that in the U.S. usually. It's only like the very top, uh, athletes are the most, uh, the biggest name athletes from the games and stuff that have like a, a lucrative career after the Olympics. But again, that's all going to probably change from this, uh, from this time. Mm. Yeah. That, um, the uh, gymnast, what's her name? Who's who was like tipped to to win gold medal, but she pulled out S Simone Biles. In yeah, the, Simone the, Biles. Yeah, so she she pulled out of the all round because the team of all round. Yeah, like state in was it depression or or mental issues or something? No, um, it's uh, it's actually a common issue in gymnastics where they uh, lose orientation as they're performing, and uh, it's actually uh, you've had a lot of athletes get paralyzed from the accidents uh, when they're in this state that can sometimes take a couple weeks to recover from. Oh, so she actually had like a a proper reason for pulling out because a lot of people were saying that. She, I don't know, she just got anxious or something like anxiety. And that's yeah, why well, she decided not to compete. Yeah. No, I mean, a lot of people are, uh, you know, there's obviously a lot of criticism on both sides. So it just kind of depends on which explanation you listen to. But, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, but apparently, like, she was, uh, posting videos of her performances, even, or practice, uh, before the actual games got started and stuff and had already been having issues from that point was uh, her latest explanation. Mm, okay. But she might be competing, I heard, in one of the events anyway, like maybe the beam. She might be coming into that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think she's competing in uh, two other events uh, in, the, in the individual competition. I mean, 
that's obviously a pretty uh, touchy subject and stuff, depending on which side uh, people are criticizing from. But uh, I mean, it's pretty. Uh, I think it's pretty difficult to be in her position just because of everything that's going on with that uh, the uh, Larry Nasser lawsuit and her being the only active competitor in the Olympics that was abused, one of the 150 people that was abused by that doctor. And she's, yeah, she's still one of the main reasons she's still competing is to bring, uh, make sure this issue uh, stays in the spotlight in the U S because she's actually uh, in a lawsuit with USA gymnastics at this point, um, in relation to that whole situation. So there's a lot of backstory going on there and everything, but again, it just uh, depends on which side you and explanation you listen to. Yeah, another unique thing about these Olympics is uh, it's the first time that humanoid robots are going to be used to uh, fetch things like hammers and javelins on uh, field events. I haven't actually seen any um, any proper track and field really yet. Have you Have you been watching any of that? Did you see any of those robots, uh, robot assistants help the, out? Uh, kind of like the... Uh uh, a robot vacuum type thing. Well, I think it just started uh, yesterday or something track and field. So uh, I've only seen like uh, one or two events, but I think a lot of the main stuff is happening today. So yeah. Yeah. I guess the men's hundred meters must be coming soon because they had the women's uh, last night and Jamaica won. Yeah. Gold, silver and bronze. Uh, not not too surprisingly, but I think even the fastest woman in the world was uh, was one of those three. I'm not sure if she actually won the gold medal. Though. I mean, she might have come second. But and in case of the men's, I don't know. I don't know who's uh, who are the fastest people in the world now for for men's sprinting. Now that Usain Bolt has kind of disappeared, or well, not disappeared, but retired. Yeah, to be honest, I don't really know who the main uh, people are either. I know there's one potentially japanese guy that might get to the final but japan aren't really known for their their sprinters so he'll probably make it to the final but maybe come last or something he's definitely not going to win gold whoever it is well there's Um, a there's a couple of big track and field events going on uh up here in Sapporo. oh the marathon yeah the walk race thing and the marathon (laughs) yeah that's going to be what august 5th or something so they're going to close like all the main roads there's for, a lot of uh, stuff going on like all the preparation and everything is already i mean obviously it's next week so it's finished but a lot of like odori park being shut down even by our place there's a lot of barriers that are have already been dropped off yeah uh, yeah same in our area too yeah. like like there's a there's a local uh kfc that we always go to and normally we kind of do a pickup and stop out front and then just jump out, you know, put the hazard lights on. But uh, yeah, you can't do that now. They've put cones like all out the front. So um, yeah. And, and yeah, I guess that's why, why they did that. Cause I kind of drove past today, seeing all these red cones and not really known, understanding what was going on. But now you mention it, I guess it is because of the, those track events for the Olympics. Yeah. Are you going to go watch or, I mean, I think, it's nah, I don't think so. I mean, <laughs> yeah. what, what, I mean, what are you gonna do? Just like stand on the corner? It's like the worst event to watch, isn't it? Live <laughs> watching the marathon. Oh, there, there he goes. There she goes. Yeah, I unless you like run with him or something. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not planning to watch it. I have heard uh, this guy that I work well, uh, kind of work with, uh, was saying actually that it's pretty weird because those like marathon runners are like sprinting basically. 
uh, yeah, even right. running a mar- running a marathon. But uh, I mean, it's it takes place like right in the middle of downtown. So a lot of companies are actually uh, like uh, shutting down or telling their uh, employees to do work from home and stuff that day, um, just so they don't need to try to like uh, make it through the downtown area while that event is being uh, taking place. Because obviously, like a lot of uh, roads are shut down and you can't like uh, pass through certain areas. I think there's quite a lot of annoyed people about that as well, you know, because it's disrupting their lives. Yeah, they can't. They got to make a lot of big detours to get to work. So that's uh, that's another thing that's irritating. Uh, locals in Sapporo and Japan. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, what is your uh, kind of overall take on this? I'm, I, I have to say, I'm, I think I'm setting, uh, sensing a bit of the, uh, negative, uh, <laughs> takeaway from Tokyo from, 20 from, from, from <laughs> Ben. Uh, uh, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not saying I'm, I'm not, I'm not against your opinion. You know, I'm just, that's not what I'm saying, but is that uh, accurate to feel? Yeah, like- I, I, I still think the Olympics should have been canceled. And I think like once the Olympics are done as well, the, the, the weeks following, I think it's going to get even worse in time in terms of uh, coronavirus numbers. And I think people are going to forget about the Olympics and just get angry at the government um, for doing such a shoddy job of, you know, trying to trying to help and uh, protect their citizens, which they're failing miserably at. So, yeah, I think a lot of people are going to forget about these Olympics pretty soon. Well, what is the uh, reasons you've heard that they went forward? I mean, I've heard all sorts of uh, uh kind of easy to believe and a little bit uh, more difficult to believe uh the, the one i heard why they went ahead was because they made a contract with the ioc um which basically gave them the full power of uh the event so even if japan wanted to cancel the contract said it's up to the io it's up to the ioc to cancel so they couldn't even do that so basically they've been told what to do and they've been told that they, the games will go ahead. You have to make it happen and there's nothing they can do about that unless they, if they broke the contract, they'd have to pay like a huge amount of money in compensation, which I think they could have done. Um, you know, paying billions of dollars. Uh, I mean, they already spent over like 15 billion anyway and preparing for the Olympics. So, you know, they could have spent more, just pay off the fine. And then save people's lives because the money that has actually been, you know, been wasted or been going into the whole, you know, locking down, not, not, well, not locking down, but state of emergencies, telling restaurants to close, they have to pay money to those restaurants too. And also those, uh, companies, um, the small bars, uh, they're losing a lot of money and that's going to affect the, the economy as a whole. So, that loss is probably a lot larger than the uh, than the, the fine that they would have had to pay by breaking that contract. And you don't think they would be in the situation if the Olympics had not uh, taken place? I think they would just be, you know, $20 billion in the hole. But I think the situation with COVID would be a lot better and the lives of people in Japan would probably be almost back to normal um you know vaccines are well underway now but just not having to have any more state of emergencies which is what 
people are just annoyed about they can't get on with their daily lives and it's been like this for you know nearly nearly two years and other countries are getting back to normal and when we're the only ones aren't uh i don't know if that's accurate i mean the situation is obviously getting exa- exacerbated by uh the olympics uh the uh vaccines are kind of at a standstill right now because they're having supply issues so i think they're stuck actually at a pretty low percentage of the people getting vaccinated um and the u.s is uh kind of going backwards in a lot of areas because uh apparently i mean i'm not even going to get into it it's too much of a firestorm topic but uh yeah i mean the olympics are not helping the covid situation at all so i kind of feel like uh I don't know if I feel really strongly one way or the other that they shouldn't have taken place, but I still think Japan would be having a pretty bad COVID situation right now. Um, the Olympics did not help to encourage people to be more careful about, uh, you know, uh, not caring much about uh, infecting others. But again, if you watch the news and stuff, they're not saying, I mean, they're obviously saying that well, they're trying not to say that uh, any of the uh, continued outbreak has to do with the Olympics, but obviously it's not helping. But they're just saying that, you know, people aren't really uh, heeding the, uh, what the government is trying to tell them to try to avoid uh, further infections and stuff. I mean, people are pretty much out and about. And, uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of issues going on, but the Olympics definitely uh, probably didn't uh, help too positively. So you think because everyone's pretty much against the Olympics that, uh, after the Olympics are over, people are going to change their behavior uh, uh, to maybe try to do more uh, about their concerns about the virus. You mean the public? Yeah, because uh, so many people are against the games and stuff. So once it's finally over, do you think they'll change their behavior? No, I don't think so. I think they're just going to carry on doing what they're doing. But I just think gonna, there's going to be a lot more people angry at the government and hopefully they'll do something about it but knowing uh, how people vote in japan nothing's going to be done there'll just be a lot of people moaning and complaining but no uh no actual protesting or anything unfortunately which is quite a common thing that's happened in japan i mean the uh, you know political system here is uh is, there's not there's not much different between parties as well so even if you you know, if you vote for the opposition, it's not going to be much different from what they have now, fortunately. And this has been another encouraging episode of Voice in <laughs> Japan. I hope everyone has enjoyed it as uh, we've talked about uh, everything that is wrong with the Olympics and some things that uh, have been enjoyable about it. But uh, yeah, yeah definitely some uh, some unique things that you won't see in other in other Olympics. Um, and also it's probably the best medal run that Japan have had ever so far. I'm guessing. Yeah, which is second in that one table. of the, uh, that might have been one of the reasons they wanted to do it again. Everyone is uh, saying that this Olympics is going to be closely compared to the Beijing Olympics happening in, what, less than half a year or something? Mm, right. The, um, the winter one, right? Yeah. So it'll be yeah. quite interesting to see what the conversation is at that time as well, because uh, we'll, no way to tell where coronavirus will be at that point. Yeah, that's pretty crazy, man. So if, so that's going to go ahead. The winter coming in China, where uh, the source of everything. Exactly. <laughs> Interesting times. Mm, for sure. <laughs> yeah. 
All right. Well, uh, thanks for joining us, everyone. I hope you uh, enjoyed our conversation about the Olympics. Uh, they're still going on. There's about uh, I don't know when the Olympics finish. Berg, August eighth, I think. Maybe so a about week another left week from when yeah. we're recording this. Yeah. Right. So by the time you are listening to this, there's probably going to be a couple of days, and the marathon or the the walkathon will be uh, going down in Sapporo. Burke will be on the corner cheering giving out cups of water waiting for ben to come by (laughs) (laughs) i saw you practicing that race walking man (laughs) i'm getting faster getting faster metal contender trying to keep my trying trying to keep my knees straight (laughs) (laughs) just make sure your shorts are short enough (laughs) or long enough to hide my knees (laughs) all right all right everyone (laughs) thanks for listening see you next time sayonara This episode of the podcast is being sponsored by Hokkaido Guide. Hokkaido Guide was established over 10 years ago and is written by locals, for locals, and international tourists. The guide contains information on all types of businesses and locations around Hokkaido. There's information regarding all things Hokkaido, such as sightseeing, nightlife, events, services, food and restaurants, entertainment, outdoor activities, and much, much more. Currently offered in English and Thai, advertising space is available, so check out Hokkaido Guide for everything you need to know about this beautiful prefecture.